The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Well, today is part two of an interview with Robert Osgood. Uh, as we told you last week, he was, uh, he went through successful open heart surgery, but afterwards was administered IVs of Versed, a chemical to which he is highly allergic. He suffered a sustained cardiac arrest, multiple organ failures, a long-term four-day coma, and he experienced a number of OBEs and NDEs. And, uh, so we welcome you back, Oz, to NDE Radio. Well, good morning, Lee. Always a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you back, even on such short notice. I only uh, got back to him last night, and uh, and this morning we talked about doing the show again. I appreciate your coming back on, Oz. Uh, Oz, maybe we could continue uh, where we left off. Um, you were walking a number of paths with Jesus, and um, t- tell us more about what you uh, talked to him about. Well, uh, excuse the pause. I was looking at my map because uh, that's all laid out in a sketch just so that I can keep organized, because so much, he shared so much with me. Uh, right. So just to have some kind of organization of it all, uh, what in particular, do you have any particular question? Well, pick, uh, tell us about uh, why there were different paths, why you think there were different paths, and uh, did, did each path lead to a different kind of conversation? The conversation changed as we progressed through there. And the scenery and the, the the sounds I could hear were changing. It was it was like a constantly somewhat evolving landscape, and and each path was a different part of my life. You know that I that I was that I had lived here on Earth. Uh, it started out with the younger parts and then moved up, you know, through I guess through generations. Because off to the far right, that's an area I never got to fully experience, but that I believe was possibly past generations, you know, how I got here. Mm. Basically almost like a genealogy type uh, experience. So this was almost more like a um, a very detailed um, a moment-by-moment excursion through, through a life review. I guess in, in many ways you could look at that, although it wasn't totally about the review of life. It was the current uh, life and, and a, a small glimpse of the future. Uh, not really in detail because, obviously, like we've discussed, the butterfly effect, if you know too much about the future, you could change it. Exactly. So that's not a goal that heaven would want to see, that, you know, uh, other than things that need to be changed, and that's the current status of the world. Uh, it needs to have some changes, and we all are aware of that. Mm. Uh, so actually, the way you're describing this, this would be a very personal path or set of paths uh, for you. An, another individual might have a whole different uh, map to draw. I would imagine, but from a lot of what I've, I've heard over the years since my NDE, uh, several people mentioned the past. And, mm. and, and a lot of that has to do with life in the current, the path that you're on, because that was one thing that I was concerned about was 
am I on the right path? You know, and and, 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 and from my sense, just to get to where I, I arrived, I must have been doing at least something right. And he confirmed that with me that, uh, you know, as a human, I've made more than my share of mistakes, but I've always tried to correct them and do the right thing. Uh, that's how I was raised, obviously, many years in the scouting program. Uh, you know, to always try to tell the truth all the time, even if it doesn't seem like the right idea. I can tell you there's been many times in my life where I thought I might have to answer something in a it, it, almost in a lie type format, but I said, all right, I'm gonna, I, honesty is always the best policy. Let's stay with that and just take it as it goes. Yes. And yeah, there was sometimes honesty didn't have a, <laughs> as good of an outcome as that I would have hoped to have had, but I did the right thing. And, and that's basically something that he shared with me, you know, in that experience is that, you know, we're, we're not perfect. We are going to make our mistakes. But you've tried, you know, you, I've always felt remorse any time I've made a mistake that inadvertently hurt somebody, you know, their feelings or, or whatever aspect, and that I tried to make it right, that I realized, you know, I, you know, I stood up and realized that what I did was wrong. And it's like, oh, I should have never done that. Did uh, you did you ask uh, any questions of Jesus that uh, you could share the answers to? Well, a lot of questions, obviously... Uh, my greatest concern, and it is my only fear uh, that I can readily acknowledge, is I was basically more or less lived a, a no-fear type life. And naturally, everybody has some kind of fear, even if they say there's no fear. And my my greatest fear was something bad happening to somebody I loved. That was a great fear. And I got talking to him about my daughter that I just cherish. She's my only child. And that was when... He was telling me about the need to go back, and he said that I would need to go back, and, and I still had a lot less to contribute and accomplish, and plenty of t- quality time sharing my love with my grandchildren, mm-hmm. which puzzled me. You know, at that point, it puzzled me, and it puzzled me for some time after that because I had a grandson at that time. I didn't have grandchildren, mm-hmm. and now I do. So, I mean, he gave me that glimpse ahead that despite even though it looked like I was going to have this grandson, that there was grandchildren in my future. And he was spot on. Obviously, Mm. I now have two grandsons I cherish. Now, you mentioned, um, I think, that he uh, had said that you were in uh, your universe and you speculated that perhaps there were other universes as well. Did he... Were there any follow-up questions to that? Did you did you uh, learn any more about the the structure of things? Well, he the the way that the experience ended, you know, before I departed there, came back through the tunnel for the final trip, and and back to my physical shell, a place where I really didn't want to be because of the agonizing pain. But he did, you know, we talking about the universe as. As it stands right now, it's massive as we know, but one thing he shared with me, and, and NASA has gone on to confirm that, uh, with uh, the Hubble telescope, the Exandra, I mean, they've, they've got a couple dozen deep space spacecraft out there seeking further out. You know, that's obviously NASA's goal, is get far out in space as they can. They've now found, 
Years ago, they said there were hundreds of other galaxies. Then they changed it to thousands. And now they say there's hundreds of thousands of other galaxies. And that coincides exactly with what he shared with me, is God's just getting warmed up. Mm. You know, for the longest time, NASA believed that the universe, as physical size, was either stable or somewhat shrinking, and they've changed that completely to the fact that it's expanding, and it's expanding rapidly. Right, and that's, right. That's, that's combining all the data that they're getting back from the Hubble, the Exanta, the X-ray equipment, the infrared equipment that's out there. They combined it, and they were quite shocked that it's not shrinking, it's not stable, it's still growing. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this, Oz. Um, did you get any in, inclination or indication um, that uh, there is reincarnation or that you'd live past lives? And if so, what did you learn about that? I, I, I've been asked that question by quite a few people, and... From what I experienced, I didn't get any direct indication of reincarnation. I, you know, I can neither confirm or deny it. Uh, many people obviously fully believe in that. That's that's fine, because even I can't argue it at all. Because I've had deja vu moments over my lifetime of places I've never been, but I knew what they looked like before I got there, and I've never seen a picture of it. Mm-hmm. And I I knew I had to make a left turn, and I'd never been there. So that that's. What can I say about it? I can neither confirm or deny it, but it is quite possible, yes. I was wondering if some of those paths that you, maybe the one you said you didn't get onto was a was a, a path of past lives. I don't know, because like I said, I didn't get you to experience didn't get it. there, it was, yeah. It was far off to my right, and like I said, the landscape there was kind of uh, more flat than, than all the other areas we'd been, and... There were some rocks or was sand. So maybe it went to uh, an ocean or a lake or, or something off further to the right, but I didn't mm. get to go there. Do so you think the, the, uh, what you saw, uh, landscape wise, uh, you know, whether it was, whether it was fertile and green or had flowers or whether it was dry and, and rocky indicated something about, um, not only the period in your life, but the kind of conversation you were going to be having as well? It, it may have, you know, that that's something that's puzzled me in the three and a half years since, is why the change in scenery, you know, did it did it correspond with what was happening? And that gets me back to the time puzzle that I'm still in to this day. Uh, you know, why did it change? Is Or is it just the, the natural landscape that was already there? I don't know. Mm. That's something that I'm determined to hopefully someday figure out. <laughs> You've got to know me well enough that I'm a very determined man as far as trying to find the answers. Uh, oh, yes, so. for sure. Well, what, one of the guests that I had uh, on a past show, and I've mentioned, mentioned her before, said that uh, she learned from her guide that the scene she was walking through had actually been designed specifically for her, that it was kind of an individualized gift to make her feel feel comfortable and, and to enable us this you know moment on the other side before she came back to her body and uh so if every one of these scenes is personalized it's it, it's i mean think of the care the the uh the thought you know god's thought that went into doing something like this well without question uh one thing we've always been taught to believe and and i reinforce that completely is that nothing is impossible 
with God. I mean, obviously, incredible power. Uh, and so that's quite possible. Maybe every every individual that crosses over, it's tailored differently per that individual, you know. Mm. Uh, it's still, I mean, even when I look at it from that angle, it still kind of puzzles me because it wasn't what I expected. If it had been tailored specifically for me, then it would have fit my pre-derived conception of what I would see in heaven, but it didn't. It, it exceeded it <laughs> tremendously. Mm. I mean, uh, off the chart type of accession, I mean, way over. And, and you had mentioned that you'd seen people along the way. Uh, tell us a little about who, who you saw. Well, uh, obviously, my family had questions immediately. Naturally, they knew I had that experience, and they wanted to know, who did I see? Did you see this person? Did you see that person? I saw so many people that, uh, you know, whether I saw a, a long grand-uncle or a great-great-grandparent, I don't know, because everybody I was seeing that I was aware of who they were looked completely different. That They were at a younger age, what I, I like to call it the median age or the peak age, which is apparently how every the younger appear and the older appear at, at a medium, uh, somewhere in between probably, I'm guessing, because I, I didn't ask ages, <laughs> 25 to 35, uh, our peak, the peak in life. Mm. And that's, uh, so uh, the one person that, uh, you know, to this day I'm so tremendously happy that I got to see, besides Jesus, obviously that was exceptional, was my mother, who had passed away years before my NDE. But I didn't immediately recognize her because I remember her. She, she passed from Alzheimer's. Uh, she was in her upper 70s and frail uh, and, and very aged. The disease had aged her, you know, mm. significantly. She looked more like probably in her late 80s or 90s, you know, before she passed. And the, the lady I was seeing was this probably mid-twenties, uh, thick blonde hair, and ponytails. My mother, when she passed, had thin gray hair. And mm-hmm. what what puzzled me, even at that moment, as I'm walking by, I look out of the corner of my eye, and that lady blew me a kiss. My mother always did that. You know, and uh-huh. then it dawned on me. You know, you know, I wanted to stay. You know, and everybody says, well, a lot of people are kind of like, you know, well, why would you want to stay there when you love so much back here? And I said, well, you have to be there to really try to get a grip on that. It's hard to explain that to anybody because, I mean, I love love and cherish my family and my life here on this earth, but there it's just, uh, oh, it's just so incredible in the way that you feel. You feel like you're home. Uh, a lot of people refer to it as home. Uh, I can't you say ha- that's... Did you, did you have a chance to talk to your mother or anyone besides Jesus? No, I didn't have the, the, the luxury of doing that, and I, I, obviously I would have loved to, uh, because this is at the point where he's stressing the need. It was never, I must go back, it was that I need to go back. So it was more or less just a quick glance, and, and, and probably if I had been given that opportunity to talk to all these people, I wouldn't have came back at all. And he may have seen that as problematic. You know, if, if, I sh- if we share this kind of adventure while he's here with him, he's not going to go back, and he needs to go back. Because uh, for some people, apparently it's an option. You know, that's, that's my, my understanding of it from everything I experienced. 
because I was there more than once. And it was almost like he wasn't being frustrated <laughs> that you know, he's back again. It was just that every time I went back to the body, it was I was in terrible condition. And I did not want to be there. I was so much happier on the other side. Now, you, you did go back and forth. So what was that like? Uh, did you Do you remember the passage each time, or were you suddenly back in, in, on the path, from your body to the path and from the path to your body? Each transfer uh, seemed to increase in speed and a uh, shorter duration. In other, yeah, it did seem like I was there much easier uh, but I'm, I, I, I imagine I must have went through that tunnel back and forth every time, but it was now something I was getting accustomed to doing, so it didn't seem so like, wow, I'm, I'm just moving at an incredibly high speed through this tunnel. Uh, now it was like almost like, like you said, instantly there, but it wasn't instantly. It took, it took some time, uh, and it was much easier to do. So and, with and practice... Coming, with practice, we could jump back and forth conceivably uh, much more easily, uh, much faster. And uh, maybe, you know, if you could train yourself to do it, maybe you wouldn't even have to go through, a, you know, a horrible near-death experience in order to gain that kind of access. That That's a possibility that has been discussed. I've seen it uh, in conversations online. Uh some people say that they can do that, and perhaps they can. I I can't confirm or deny if they can. I'm not. I haven't gotten that ability to do that, and maybe someday I will. Maybe someday I never will until I cross for the final time. I don't know. All I know is is things that were happening to me in my life before the NDE are now happening at an exponential rate. Uh, especially something we've talked about in the past. Uh, ADCs. Uh, I haven't had any follow-up OBEs, but mm-hmm. the ADCs uh, are, are actually troubling in, in a sense because I haven't found a way to turn it off or turn it down. Uh, and, and who have the who, who have these conversations been with? Well, that's that's the big problem I have with it is I, I can't figure I don't recognize the voices as as somebody I know. Sometimes I'm hearing children, like a, a younger child, uh, probably 10-ish, a uh, girl and a boy, conversating. That's why sometimes I don't like to go to a large public place because that gets worse. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, t- uh, times I've gone to hospitals, that's a place where that will happen a lot, so I keep moving away from where the public's gathering <laughs> because it's, right. it can get troublesome. It's like you can't shut it off. I still hear anybody else talking to me, but I, I'm hearing other things and, and when no one's talking to me at that time. Now, there are psychological conditions that can cause the same effect. Um, are, are you convinced that it's uh, uh, after-death communication, or, are you, or are, is this a question in your mind? I don't have any other explanation for it. If it's a psychological problem, then it may be. I, I'm not trained to make that evaluation. I have had some psychological help in the past uh, by, you know, just the fact that I'd had the death experience that was recommended. Uh, and at the final session, she said, you're the most sane patient I've ever talked with. <laughs> you know, Because so, even I was wondering at the time, I said, am I losing it somehow in a small way? 
because I, I was always trained to go through the HTF you know, process, hypothesis theory, in fact, and I was stuck in the, the hypothesis theory mode, and it's like, I can't confirm some of this as a fact, and that was bugging me, you know, because I, I won't stop until I can. I, that's how I, when I grew up through science and biology classes, that's how I was trained. So one of the I, one of the things that people talk about, especially spiritualists, is that uh, you know we're surrounded by uh, ghosts, call them uh, spirits of people who've who've died but did not go on into the light, and um, they can invade, you know, through techniques like uh, Ouija boards, and uh, and they can they can t- you know sometimes find a way to communicate with someone who's open to it. Um, have you tried addressing the voices you hear and asking for a coherent conversation? Yes, but I've, I've gotten no positive results. I've never been on a Ouija board of any kind. Well, and I wouldn't recommend it. I don't, I don't know <laughs> that they're very no. good. No, that's not something I, I want to undertake. It's not, it's not on my list of things to do. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard of them. I've seen movies where a Ouija board was used in uh, Soviet. That's what they want to do. That's, that's up to them. But it's not something that uh, I want. And, and like some people have su- suggested, regressive hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that actually does present me with a little fear because not because I would get to experience the experience again. I would love to but that it may recreate the cardiac arrest. You know, that's the problem. If you're going to go back to that state that you were in at the time, obviously I was clinically dead. And no, I, I, that, that could be my last trip over, mm. you know, a, a, one-way, a one-way trip this time instead of the two-way, a return trip. So that, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I just don't dare do it. Right. I, I wouldn't think that it would trigger uh, a heart attack but I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't plan to play one on the radio either. So, uh, what, what what else can you tell us about um, your conversations with Jesus? Oh, it's just like you've said in the past. Uh, all all the questions were answered. So everything that yeah, I, I was so overwhelmed there. It's like, wow, what what do I ask? What what is this ultimate question? And I had so many of them, you know, so I, I had tried to address as many things as I could. At the same time, he's trying to stress that I need to go back. So it was kind of like a give-and-take scenario going on. It's like, well, you know, you know, some of the answers he gave me were intentionally, I think, vague. In other words, he wouldn't clarify because maybe it's because of if he clarified, it would once again be hard to get me to go back. Right. It was would an you th- option. Do you think that um, uh, some of the answers you were given you you don't remember because they were purposely you know that memory was taken back or taken away from you? Uh, as far as I know, none of the memories have vanished. Uh, as far as my ability to recall, they have to. They're a direct memory. And they have to be triggered. Something will trigger them if the right questions asked. Because I've, uh, since you and I've met, that's helped out. You've taken a very small cork out of a very large bottle. You've <laughs> helped that that flow to the point it was overwhelming me before you and I got the chance to meet, and now it's overwhelming me that much more because it it 
it wants priority in a sense uh, on everything I do. I'm, I'm not getting a whole lot done, <laughs> accomplished in other directions, because those memories are now flowing all the time. You know, and it, and it, that that can have its good good points, and clearly it's not so good points. And that's what's happening. It's it's not uh, it's totally encompassing me and en- engulfing me in a sense. Mm. Uh, I can still function. I'm still getting stuff done, but I'm way behind. <laughs> you know, what what are the what, what I, I I know one of the questions I would ask if I if I were there would be why do we go through this process of living a life primarily based in ignorance uh, when heaven is available to us and we could be there instead? Well, that that's been something that I've, I've you know, along that same line that I've wondered myself and. Uh, uh, you know, especially when so much knowledge is there, un- unquestionably. Uh, and why don't we get that chance to have that knowledge back here? And it's all in due time. I mean, the fact that we are gaining knowledge, it is, uh, the NDEs alone are being researched, uh, obviously, in, in scientific approaches. Uh, and they're coming up with bits and pieces of the answers. So it's something that eventually we'll have a much better grip on. There's no doubt about that. Uh, just technology alone is, is helping us in many ways. Uh, Do you feel that, uh, were, were there any indications that we get judged at the end of our life for whether we lived a good life or a bad life? Well, that, that you know, judgment day is, is more or less, in, in, a, in a sense, I mean, because I've had people ask me, did you experience a judgment Type scenario, and I said, "Well, that, in my sense, is is the time review. That is judgment, uh, because I saw my, you know, everybody who says, well, when this happened, my entire life flashed before my eyes, and yes, it, my entire life <laughs> flashed before my eyes, but not not like a flash. I saw the whole thing played over again, and that's mm-hmm. where I have such a problem with the amount of time." You know, and the time is some kind of time warp when you're there. Right? That unquestionably, I'm convinced of that. I call that a fact. I've run it through that process so many times. I said, man, there's no way if I'm looking at my medical records that this amount of time here on Earth matches the amount of time I spent there, because it's it's a multiple, huge multiple. And 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 Oz, let me ask you too. How do you feel that this experience has changed you since you've come back? Oh, just in so many ways. Uh, obviously, as you know, physically, it's had a uh, downside to it in the change. Uh, I'm still disabled, uh, still recovering. I, as you know, I had the recent uh, brain surgeries, but those brain surgeries were directly a part of what caused the NDE. If mm-hmm. I hadn't had that cardiac arrest, they would have never found the aneurysms in, in the brain, uh, the ticking time bombs up in the brain. So right. it was necessary. As bad as everybody would look at a cardiac, wow, that's terrible. You had a cardiac arrest. You're, you're so blessed to be back. And I said, well, if I hadn't had that cardiac arrest, they wouldn't have found these aneurysms, and I wouldn't be here possibly telling you this story. And has your, has your wife, uh, Tammy, noticed uh, differences in your behavior since you came back? Oh, uh, nonstop, <laughs> I would have to say. <laughs> uh, just in everything I do, is uh, the small things in life that I would have probably not paid much attention to at all or totally ignored, I'm paying attention to. 
And the bigger things in life, you know, the bigger problems don't seem to bother me as much. You know, years ago, I would be troubled by it and, you know, trying to find that solution. And now it's like, it is what it is, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, it's changed my attitude and the way I perceive everything uh, completely. Even I, at times, don't recognize the changes that I'm, uh, you know, that I'm undergoing. It's an ongoing process because it isn't over. I'm not right. done changing. Well, Robert, I guess uh, once again we are out of time here on uh, NDE Radio. It do, it does go quickly, doesn't it? Well, it's always a pleasure, and I'm, I'm honored just to be here and get the chance to uh, uh, share this with you. Well, you keep working on your book, and um, I, I want to thank you, Oz, uh, for uh, sharing more of your NDE experience with us today. If the listeners would like to uh, catch this show again, and I would urge them to listen to uh, part one of this interview, uh, which they can find on our past shows button at TalkZone. Uh, so just go to our website at nderadio.org, and for more information about the work of IANS, check out that website, iands.org, and tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.